Welcome to Shortcut to Sunday. I'm Ben. And I'm Bruce. And this is your podcast for July 3rd, 2022, uh, the fourth Sunday after Pentecost in year C. And we are coming to you not live on behalf of Holy Family Episcopal Church in Fishers, Indiana. And Bruce, how are you? I'm good. Yeah. We had a, uh, we, uh, we had a, I, I, I am also good. I, I should have thrown that in there. We, we just finished Spark Fishers mm-hmm. uh, uh, or Sparks Fishers for some of you. <laughs> <laughs> That's me. <laughs> I still think it should have an S. <laughs> There's multiple Sparks. Who wants to yeah. go to a festival with a single Spark? It's just too small town. <laughs> uh, but uh, but we just finished our, 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 our town's 4th of July uh, celebration. And uh, this week we get to do the national thing. Yeah. Um, so... Uh, but more yeah, fireworks, more fireworks, uh, uh, which there's never too much. I mean, right. that's, let's let's be honest with ourselves. Um, but uh, we had a, we did a great week. We had a we had a a, a great comment uh, uh, to mm-hmm. the shortcut at hfec dot org uh, uh, email address this week uh, regarding uh, the, the the kidneys the kidneys discussion. I uh, love the article week. the fellow sent in. That yeah, was fantastic. Keep that coming. That yeah. was that was great. Uh, uh, learn me something pretty nice. <laughs> um, so yeah, that was. Uh, but and, and just to give a little teaser, since no one else will ever read that article, probably, if you feel an inclination from your left kidney, don't trust it. But the right kidney probably gives the better advice. Both of mine are failing. <laughs> um, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> nope, they process the bourbon just fine. Um, but uh, uh, yeah, it, uh, so great, uh, great addition. Thanks for sending that in and, yeah. and uh, learning us something new. Um, and uh, this week, uh, in addition to Fourth of July, depending on when you listen to this yeah. podcast, we do have our uh, um, movies with a social conscience discussion on the the, the movie Selma on mm-hmm. Wednesday. This right. Wednesday on Zoom. Tw- what did, what did that be? The twenty eighth, twenty seventh, twenty ninth, twenty ninth. Sold. <laughs> I got 29. I know I have 30. Um, uh, yeah, the, the uh, Zoom. There's there's a uh, information about it on the the website, including the Zoom link. Yeah, yeah, holyfamilyfishers.org. So that's upcoming. Uh, like I said, Fourth of July extravaganza. I heard at the eight o'clock there's going to be a, a, like a mortar and a, and and fresh round of fireworks inside the sanctuary. Oh, don't but, let Joe hear that. We will have it. <laughs> I mean, come on. Well, I prayers for the nation. There, yeah, okay. All right. I mean, I'm just saying it could be a cool way to end communion. Um, <laughs> nobody ever likes my well, ideas. And then there's the terrible priest practical joke of saying, I don't see anything. <laughs> Y'all are having a holy experience. <laughs> um but yeah, we we've, we've got the we've got the holiday coming up, so that'll be a good extended weekend. Um do we have the youth group on mission trip this yeah. week. All doing week great this week. work. Yeah. Uh, so prayers for those mm-hmm. uh, the, those uh, youths and the, those who are steering those youths. Yes. Uh, and uh, sleeping on air mattresses in a in, in a church parish hall down in Tennessee. Uh, God bless you all. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yes, definitely. Um, so that's going on uh, this week. Do we have anything else uh, upcoming? I mean, there, that's a that's enough. That's enough stuff. Well, but. something coming up that that affects the parish, but not deeply, is general convention for the Episcopal Church, mm, our yeah. tri triannual meeting. Mm-hmm. Um, 
it's not this coming weekend, but the weekend after. Gotcha. And I'll be gone for that because I'll be there representing our diocese. Right. Yeah. Voting down all the material that's coming up. I heard, I heard that's what you, you were a straight ticket. No, right? <laughs> Incorrect. Oh, okay. All right. All right. Yeah. There, there's some interesting things going on, but maybe just for us church nerds. <laughs> you know, you church nerds are a special lot. I, yes. I like you. I like it. Well, uh, that's go. That's going on in our church uh, right now. But as far as what ha- happened on July third in church history, oh. we have to delve into the uh, the old the old uh, Google search, uh, you know, web search here. Just so think that, that during the old days, mm-hmm. that's what Mister Peabody could have used instead of the Wayback Machine. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Come on, Sherman. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Let's go to the computer and type in Google. That's no fun. <laughs> oh, I missed that show. Um, not the modern remake for anyone. With Please don't. Kids. Yeah, that, that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about the original Bullwinkle and Rocky, Rocky show. Uh, um, um, little, little, what would you call that? A, a, a vignette? Uh, uh, well, it was one of the episodes they'd have during their half hour program. Yeah. Yeah, that and fractured yeah. fairy tales. The fractured fairy tales was one of my, and yeah. Dudley Do Right, mm-hmm. who did get his own show later. Oh, that's true. You did. I know way too much trivia about this <laughs> stuff, so we better move on. Let's move on, horse. Um, <laughs> <laughs> well done. Oh, thank you. Um, anyway, <laughs> like I said, I watched the show a lot. Uh, we got our first event in church history on July third goes. All the way back to 458 AD, we see the death of the patriarch Anatolius of Constantinople, who had sided with Cyril of Alexandria and Pope Leo I against Nestorianism and wow, Eutychianism. Wow, I don't even know what that is. But uh, and other theological controversies of the day. Uh, so the most notable uh, uh, thing about about this patriarch was controversial um, uh, theological theories. Actually, the most notable thing I would say is that he actually was partnering or cooperating or coordinating with those other authorities that before and after this time were at each other's throats. Uh, well, yeah, that probably was part of the, well, almost certainly a lot of the controversy yeah. then, uh, because uh, um, partnering with and and yeah. and, and uh, uh, being level-headed about stuff wasn't always celebrated. It's seldom <laughs> popular in any era. Uh, a lot of French words in this next one. Uh, 529, the Synod of Orange, Convey, convenes in Orisso, uh, France, uh, Caesarius of Arles, uh, presides over the council of 13 bishops. He successfully submits a declaration on grace and free will, outlining and upholding several of St. Augustine's doctrines on the nature of grace. Pope Boniface II will formally approve the documents from the Synod in 531, so two okay. years later. Uh then nothing happens for like a, <laughs> a full thousand years. Uh, Jean de Lastique in 1448, Grandmaster of Rhodes, writes Charles VII, King of France. Uh, uh, he writes the King of France from Ethiopia. I need to like, okay. separate the two. Uh, telling about Zarya Yakub's. Uh, if I said that correctly, it looks like I might have. Victories over the uh, uh, Saracens. 
his letter refers to Prester John, a legendary Christian king who until then had been thought to rule in Asia, but now will be assumed to rule in Africa. Huh. Legendary, but inaccurate. <laughs> <laughs> right. Where is he? Yeah. <laughs> He's somewhere not in Europe. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> Out there somewhere. Which, which goodness, doesn't that sound like a lot of times our, our level of, uh, of pre-America uh, education, which is like, I don't know, here's Europe's and <laughs> the rest, who knows? Well, this is what we're descended from. That's the one that matters. Um, so uh, 1800, even, uh, Pope Pius VII uh, returns the papacy to Rome. Ah. Uh, his predecessor, Pius VI, had been removed in 1798 by a French general dying in captivity. Uh, so, yeah, just a, a <laughs> the way you read that, it sounded like it was the French general dying yeah, yeah. in captivity. <laughs> Sorry, commas are there for removed a by a French general, and he was as he was dying in captivity. Yes, uh, not the general, <laughs> not the general. Yeah. Uh, um, so uh, Pius was dying piously, uh, um, but but in France, but in right, uh, but yeah, a, a a historical reminder. It hasn't always been in Rome. It's it's Mostly. bounced around, not uh, much, not not much. But it, it it's but they're been removed from time to time, and then we've had also usually by politicians. Yeah, and then we've also had uh, um, competing popes, popes at certain periods of time as well basically yeah the the quick summary is the area that we now call italy the area we now call france often had very violent clashes over where the seat of the roman church should be very i despite mean despite the name yeah uh, has to be violent uh because i mean i can't it's christians <laughs> i mean if i don't show violence how yeah. will you know how serious it is right <laughs> Uh, I take you so seriously, I shall kill you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, so um, that's a pie. Oh, I lost my place. Uh, 1834, Callista Vinton sails from Burma, where she will contribute most of the hymns used in the Sagal Karen hymnal. Um, so 1834, uh, and a, a hymn writer and uh, and evangelist to, to, to Burma, which is kind of cool. Uh, um uh, to note, um, as I'm typing a quick message and getting distracted. Sorry, that was not a... It is not to God, set it aside. <laughs> it is, actually. It is. Um, which is why it was a distraction. Um, 1842, we see the birth of Lucius H. Holsey in Columbus, Georgia, denied the privilege of attending school because he is of African heritage. He will acquire an education anyhow and become the fourth bishop of, and I didn't even know that this was a group, uh, the Colored Methodist Episcopal Church. Yeah. Um, it's so, now called the African Methodist Episcopal Church. Um, the a okay. AME. Okay. The AME Church. I didn't, I didn't necessarily put those together. Yeah. Okay. Which, tragically... Formed because of racism within the Episcopal Church and the Methodist Church. Unfortunate. Okay. Yeah. Uh, 1880, Prussia declares that clergy are subordinate to the state. Yay, Prussia. <laughs> um, and 1907, Pope Pius X, and we had some more there, uh, there since our last story, in his uh, encyclical, oh man, what is this Latin word? So it's it's basically it, it has it clearly has to do with laments because oh. it's lament a billy. 
A B I L I or Amenta Ament Lament Abeli. I'm not sure uh, how to necessarily say this word. Um, uh, he formally condemns the uh, condemns the modernist intellectual movement in the Catholic Church. So I'm curious as to know hmm. the standing of the modernist intellectual movement in the Catholic Church and why one would be opposed to intellectualism. What year um, was it? Uh, 1907. Oh, 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 okay. This this was the beginnings, well, not necessarily even the beginnings. This was in the midst of the last gasps of the European empires the with um, royalty and all that kind of stuff, which had really empowered the Roman Catholic Church in Europe. And part of what the Roman Catholic Church, what Pius was pushing back against, were concepts like democracy and things like that. And all these controversies would break out in the form of World War One. Oh. So, I mean, it was a... Uh, that sucks. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it was a worldwide controversy, primarily centered in Europe and North America, of and um, Russia, um, about... The authority of the church, the authority of science, the authority of royalty, the divine right of kings. Is mm. that real or not? Mm -hmm. And Pius could see, oh, we're losing ground here. We're going to speak out against it for all the good it did. Yeah, right. <laughs> uh, I did a quick Google search on it uh, just to see. Uh, the, I, apparently, the full name of this uh, document is called the Lamentabili Sane Exitu which uh, translates with truly lamentable results. Oh. Uh, but uh, uh, totally off topic, by the way. Uh, but uh, as I did that Google search, Google thought uh, I might be interested in some videos relating to my search, uh, which was a self-locking door, uh, somebody <laughs> taking the Trinidad chocolate scorpion pepper challenge, and how to construct a, a simple triple bunk bed. <laughs> Google, fix your algorithm, man. That's a uh, that is not what I. But maybe maybe they were like, it looks like you're searching for lamentable items. Would you like to watch a guy frustratingly build a triple bunk bed or eat a scorpion pepper? Here you go. Maybe it was more on brand than I thought. No more than I think about it. Uh, so that's, that's interesting. Uh, and then, uh, last but not least, 1960, we see the death of Alfred H. Ackley, a prolific writer of hymns remembered primarily, and good luck getting this out of your head once I say it, uh, for the tune, He Lives. Oh, come on. He lives, he lives, Christ Jesus lives today. He walks with me and talks. No? Oh, he walks with me and talks. He walks yeah. with me. Yeah. He talks with me. <laughs> but I always, okay, I'm a, I'm a lifelong Episcopalian, so there's a certain snobbery that comes with that. I always thought that. I don't know, let me hold, let me push my nose up as, as you do this. Yes. I always thought that's what him composed by the Disney Studios would sound like. <laughs> It does sound like uh, it does sound yeah. like it's probably being sung by birds and chipmunks, yeah. <laughs> Jiminy Cricket, as, <laughs> yeah, strolling down the yeah. street, yeah, as a, a <laughs> as Dick Van Dyke dances around. There. Yeah, <laughs> Ooh, I gotta see that again. I love those penguins. 
Uh, do love that song. Like I said, good luck getting it, keeping it out of your head now. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, uh, well, let's uh. That, that's it for church history. And there were a couple of other, like, very dark and sinister, like, you know, this priest was stabbed to death. And we were like, oh, gosh. Okay. All right. So the, violent things also happened on this day. Rest assured, the violence continued. The violence continued. Uh, this week, it was simply implied by things like, you know, World War One. <laughs> oh, this guy who died in captivity. Uh, yeah. 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 So our first reading of the day comes from the book of Isaiah, chapter 66, verses 10 through 14. Nice, short, and sweet here. Uh, Rejoice with Jerusalem and be glad for her. All you who love her, rejoice with her in joy, all you who mourn over her, that you may nurse and be satisfied from her consoling breast, that you may drink deeply with delight from her glorious bosom. For For thus says the Lord, I will extend prosperity to her like a river and the wealth of the nations like an overflowing stream. You shall nurse and be carried on her arm and dandled on her knees. As her mother uh, comforts her child, so I will comfort you. You shall be comforted in Jerusalem. You shall see and your heart shall rejoice. Your bodies shall flourish like uh, the grass and it shall be known that the hand of the Lord is with his servants and his indignation is against his enemies. Um, this is uh, this is the uh, tail end of uh, Isaiah. So this is the uh, very last chapter. Very, oh, very last chapter. Okay. So yeah. the return to the promised land, um, which, which makes sense as to why uh, this is uh, this is being written at the, that period of time. Yeah. This is talking about like kind of a promise fulfilled and right. Um, but this imagery uh, that, that's being used um, of uh, first of all, what can we talk a little bit about this uh, this co- fairly common imagery of of uh, a, a a, a, la- a group of people, a land being referred to in kind of the feminine form. It's, it seems oh, right. fairly common. Especially Jerusalem. Yeah. Yeah. But why? I mean. Because they're the best. I, I, well, I feel, <laughs> yeah. Because yeah. Uh, I'm familiar with, you know, that commonality. But I don't know if I've ever sat and thought about, like, why when you metaphorically make this uh, nation into a character, mm-hmm. does it take on the female form? There are gazillion theories. Part of it is to balance the masculinity of many of the images of God. Okay. And so a lot of the imagery of Jerusalem is a bride for her bridegroom. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. That, that, that flows makes sense. right through the New Testament yeah, as well. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, and so for portions of um, believers that are patriarchal Mm -hmm. it's to kind of to have a corrective of no you're a lady (laughs) um Mm -hmm. and god certainly has a great deal of preference for women um both in the old testament and the new testament hebrew scriptures and the new testament and you know isaiah is one of the key books in the Hebrew scriptures. And so it's not surprising to see it thoroughly anchored here. Yeah. Um, With this imagery though, isn't this uh, just promoting communism? (laughs) Uh, So 
Jerusalem is. It, it certainly is promoting breastfeeding. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Jerusalem is the uh, is the, the the female character in in this uh, this imagery uh, that you may nurse and be satisfied from her consoling breast, that you may drink deeply with delight from her glorious bosom. Sounds like free handouts, uh, yeah. to me. But um, what it, this is like a kind of like more of a pros. This is prosperity imagery, right? This is. Uh, well, yeah, there, yeah, because if we go on, um, verse 12, for thus says the Lord, I will extend prosperity to her like a river, uh -huh. um, and the wealth of the nations like an overflowing stream. This contrasts or connects anyway with the very beginning of Isaiah, where the Assyrian army overwhelming Jerusalem is described like a uh, rampaging river. Okay. So it, part of the beautiful um, literary structure here is God even redeeming that. Mm -hmm. Okay. That makes sense. It's kind of coming full, full circle yeah. and, and uh, um, a, a different overflowing stream returns them to a really good place. A really good place. Um, yeah. So there's, 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 Nur there's nurturing uh there's uh, you, uh, you could you could uh say uh um giving you the essential uh, essentials to survive uh for the from the breastfeeding uh, uh verse uh prosperity uh comfort and consolation um and, and then rejoicing and pro and 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 then some more prosperity language um this is um this is everything they should have wanted and ever need, right? Yeah, yeah, and yeah. Then, it is, almost and then they were content from there on out. <laughs> if only, <laughs> yeah. It is almost a garden of e garden of Eden mm. imagery mm -hmm. uh, of of God, yeah, providing everything needed. And the and the other part of the garden of Eden that we often forget again, it's a metaphor. We don't think it historically happened. Is the overriding theme of intimacy mm. that uh, Adam and Eve could literally walk with God. Right. Um, yeah. And that, that major turning point in the story of when they real, when the two humans realized they were naked and um, God was saying, wait a minute, what's changed? Why aren't you as open with me as you used to be? Right. And so again, this, in a sense, harkens back to that shifted existence of humanity with God to let us be babies again. Yeah. Yeah. And, and totally rely on God as in the original times. Um, I like how all of this, this, this verse selection <laughs> that we've done, uh, all of this is like comforting, positive, uplifting. And then it has this thing that I'm noticing more and more in the readings that we do where uh, it ends with a little bit of a warning, potential violence. <laughs> like, <laughs> like uh, oh, yeah, your body shall flourish like the grass. It shall be known that the hand of the Lord is with his servants and his indignation is against his enemies. Don't you dare mess it. <laughs> You know what I mean? Like, well, yeah. don't mess with us anymore. Yeah, and that that's to give some teeth. 
yeah. to this comfort. But, yeah. And again, this is for people who have literally been enslaved. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so Jerusalem is this tall, powerful woman protecting her children and will backhand you if you look at her sideways. Yeah. <laughs> or more importantly, if you look at her children's sideways. Yeah, that's what, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, so um, how much how much further does, you said this is the last chapter, how much further does chapter 66 go? It ends um, with verse 24, so 10 more verses. 10 more verses. Can we hear the last couple of verses? Because uh, I don't think we get to that. Oh my goodness. <laughs> Does it does it end similarly threateningly or yeah? <laughs> and I they, love it. They shall go out and look at the dead bodies of the people. <laughs> wait, wait. <laughs> yeah. Amen. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks be to God. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah. is is uh this the end of the nice language? Yes. Oh, okay. And the, the and really the rest of it is um justice language. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Those that fought against God, that rebelled against God, and were hypocrites towards God mm-hmm. um will face consequences, whether they're Assyrians, Babylonians, or people of Jerusalem. Okay. Okay. That it's, yes, God is like a mother, but <laughs> respect your mom. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. I'm more envisioning like a um, uh, story arc of, of like maybe like a movie saga. Uh, and like, you know, this... <laughs> All of this Isaiah arc happens, like the yeah. the destruction, but the return in glory, and then this is like the the equivalent of the James Bond will return at the end. Yeah. Yes. Only only it says something like, "And James Bond's vengeance will return." Yes. <laughs> oh, oh my! <laughs> so now that we're reestablished, we're coming for you. <laughs> Kinda, yeah. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> thanks thanks babylonian king for returning us to to our lands you done did it now <laughs> well th- actually that's one of the theological arguments of the centuries is is it was he was he is right he, is he a good guy or a bad guy yeah the yeah. the one who freed them um you never you know worshiped god the one true god but certainly was someone who seemed to cooperate with God's desires. Yeah. 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 Um, is that the, is, is that the character that um, a, a lot of modern day Christians will talk about uh, um, like point to uh, figures in, in, in society and be like, Oh, they're not religious, but you know, God's moving through them. Is that, is that that character? That... I don't think so. Okay. I think that's a different guy, it's but there's, but the same idea. Same idea. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, that's a that's a that's a dark ending there. Third writer yeah. for Isaiah. That's uh, chills. Like, I mean, mm-hmm. literal chills there. Um, anything else about this verse or these verses? Um, it's beautiful poetry. It's not prose. Agreed. Um, so 
Um, and there's an interesting piece in verse 14. Uh, it's at, verse 14 reads, You shall see, and your heart shall rejoice, your body shall flourish like the grass, and it shall be known that the hand of the Lord is with his servants. Bodies could also be translated as bones. Your bones shall flourish like yeah. the grass. And so this could uh, be a call out to the Valley of Dry Bones poetry. Oh, oh okay. 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 Uh, right. Uh, we don't know, though. Rise up, zombie army. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> For your light has come. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's a, that's a better interpretation. If it's bones, that's a much better interpretation than, uh, like... A lot of you gonna die. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, I think that's part of it is to give a, frankly, a stronger, stronger imagery of you were as good as dead, mm. and now you flourish like the grass, mm. as opposed to yeah, you'll you'll get into shape and <laughs> you'll lose that COVID twenty yes. that you put on. <laughs> Promise, <laughs> swearsies. <laughs> Looking at you, gut. Uh, <laughs> um, well, let's move on to our psalm reading for the day, yeah, then. let's do. Psalm chapter 66, not the full thing here, uh, but only verses 1 through 9. Make a joyful noise to God, all the earth. Sing the glory of his name. Give to him glorious praise. Say to God, how awesome are your deeds. Because of your great power, your enemies cringe before you. And all the earth worships you. They sing your... They, wow. They sing praises to you, sing praises to your name, Salah. Come and see what God has done. He is awesome and his deeds among mortals. He turned the sea into dry land. They passed through the river on foot. There were rejoiced there there we rejoiced in him who rules by his might forever, whose eye keeps watch on the nations. Let the rebellious not exalt themselves, Salah. Bless our God, O peoples, let the sound of his praise be heard, who has kept us among the living and has not let our feet slip. Um, first, Salah, not, and not uh, commonly uh, uh, read in the Bible, but like a, uh, we, it's a, we talked about this once before, I think. It's a direction to the choir. Yeah. Ha! Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so in the... Um, so when we work, use the psalm in worship, we leave out the stage directions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, yeah, I think of uh, some of those uh, evening uh, um, 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 prayerful events that I've been to, like, uh, or, or, or maybe, when is it? The, which, which service is it where you, like, walk around and you're like, uh, the light of Christ, thank be to God. Oh, um, God. the great vigil of Easter. Yeah, 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 yeah. And, uh, uh I can just imagine, like, that's what the Salah is like. Yeah. This beautiful, you know, this beautiful passage. And then you go, the light of Christ. Thanks be mm -hmm. to God. Um, so, uh, um, but this is, is it, do we know much about 66? Is this like a... We a finally hymn? have one. We know some stuff about. We know some... Okay. Fine. Go. Uh, <laughs> it's heavily influenced by... The, the third book of Isaiah. Okay. 
So we know. Seems like we know why it's partnered for this week. Okay. Yep. And the similar theology of um, praising God for mm-hmm. deliverance from oppression. Uh-huh. Um, but consequently, that sets it well after the time of King David. Okay. And um, and sets it as one of the later psalms. Okay. In terms of time of composition. Okay. Um, yeah, because the psalms are not arranged in order of chronology. Chronology. Like yeah, that. any sort yeah. of chronology, chronological order. Yeah, it drives everyone crazy that we have no idea why they were arranged the way they are in terms of the entire book. There are some that we say, yeah, these, these were carefully grouped together, these three or four. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it's like, well, and then it goes off into left field. <laughs> we don't know why. Nice. Yeah. Nice. And um, it refers, and it, it's a connector of um the exodus of the, the Israelites leaving the Egyptian enslavement mm-hmm. with the leaving the Babylonian enslavement hundreds of years later. Mm. Okay. And so, and that's a, that's very significant because the exodus is one of the, if not the foundational experience of the Jewish people. And so this psalm is giving us a snapshot of the faithful people already connecting their very recent experience with that foundational experience of the Exodus. Hmm. So, so now, <clears throat> hundreds of years later after that, we often um, even confuse the two of exile and Exodus. They're, the words are just too similar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Uh, and they were they were very different events. The uh, exile was much shorter than the exodus, um, but um, this gives us that picture of people making sense of what's happened in their lives by going back to their roots, but also incorporating current events or recent events. Hmm. Um, how long is Psalm sixty six? It's not, it's not terribly much longer. It's a total of 20 verses. Oh, okay. Okay. Uh, do we, keeping with the theme, do we change tone uh, in the middle, and like near the end of like, oh, give a joyful noise to God and praise to him and how awesome is he and dark days are ahead. And <laughs> Well, kind of in the opposite way of there's a little bit of... We really deserve the terrible things that happened to us. Oh, okay. So, so flagellism, great. Yeah. <laughs> and then lots of promises that we will keep our vows going forward. Oh, okay. okay. So that gets kind of repetitious. Um, it's it's interesting. I, I I've found myself mulling over in my head uh, uh, the verse five, um, the way that it's phrased. Come and see what God has done. Uh, he is awesome in his deeds among mortals. Um, and it's just making me think about, um, because this is expressly said this way, uh, trying to ponder his deeds, not among mortals. Um, Mm -hmm. um, and, and I'm not entirely sure if it's the intention of the Psalm writer, uh, because obviously what the writer is talking about, like, God is like universal and there's all sorts of stuff that I don't know about. 
yeah, about that's my there. creator. Yeah. Um, but the things that we have seen uh, and that we can comprehend in any way, shape, or form uh, are mighty and awesome. And then it does kind of do uh, um, does talk, you know, use the imagery that um, relates back to the exodus mm-hmm. of, of turning the sea into dry land and passing through the river on foot. And those show also God's sovereignty over all of creation. Right. So it's not the the angels that are involved in this memory. It's instead the water, the right. land. Um, I have to think, though, on behalf of this writer uh, for Psalm 66, there's a little bit of a revisionist history in my mind. Uh, because right after this Exodus reference, there, not at some other point in time, but there we rejoiced in him who rules uh, by his might forever. In reading the Exodus story, I don't remember them necessarily rejoicing uh, while they're <laughs> while while any of this that's being described is happening. Right. That's you're very you're very correct. Within Judaism, at this time, there were two major um, schools of thought. Mm-hmm. One was the Exodus, which this reflects. One was that this was the most intimate time the human race ever had with God. You know, Understandable. Totally, That's fair. Totally right. relying upon God day and night. Right. Food, water. Pillar of fire by night. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the pillar of fire, the cloud by day. Wiping out the mightiest army known to yep. civilizations. Quail uh, at night and manna in the morning. Yeah. And... The opposite view held simultaneously, and perhaps even by the same people, usually different um, writers and such, was... This was the time when the people were the most disobedient towards God. Because hmm. God was giving them everything, and they made idols. Yeah. They complained. <laughs> well, but, I mean, that's what the book of Exodus seems to bear out, is well, the you disobedience. It, you really can read it either way. I'm going to have to go back and reread that. because Yeah. If you look at it with the, wow, God is really right there. And they, mm-hmm. they, they have to keep being reminded of that. Mm-hmm. Um, but they are reminded God doesn't give up on them. Um, so like the, um, um, I, I just picked, we've talked about on the podcast, the giving of the 10 commandments mm-hmm. and Moses getting ticked off and smashing the tablets, yada, yada, yada. Yeah. Um, I mean the yada, yada, yada is my favorite part. Yeah, I know. <laughs> The um and the this was the time of intimacy is that yeah, this is the fight in the living room in the family. Mm. Rather than these are the folks who are out in a wilderness totally um sprinting away from God and God's letting them go. Gotcha. Yeah, I guess I, I guess it's a uh I, I could see where, re, if I were to reread it, I could see the duality of those two. Yes. Um, uh, I don't think I would not see the rebelliousness. 
Well, because in part, because that's the lens you were probably first given. Yeah, yeah, probably. That, yeah. Often in Christianity, that's that's how we portray that in order to explain why Jesus was necessary. Right. But if one looks through the Hebrew scriptures that followed the Exodus experience, you can see the argument back and forth. Mm -hmm. And what's really amazing and inspiring is that every generation that propagated the Hebrew scriptures kept that duality in there. Mm -hmm. it kept kept you know, two contrary thoughts, yeah. which should be a good example to us as to how we're supposed to be very flexible about what is, quote unquote, accurate theology. Because mm -hmm. you often have to have both the light and the darks included in the, in the concepts. Yeah, I suppose if I if I have to be honest with myself, uh, which I should, um, <laughs> um, in having just read uh, uh, an Isaiah verse yeah. that talks about the uh, like Jerusalem being embodied uh, uh, by by a woman, mm -hmm. um, I can easily imagine that this group of people uh, collectively embody a child. Yeah, uh, and uh, which hit pretty pretty close to home for me as far as the duality of the rebellious nature and the level of intimacy yeah uh which i have a fair amount of ongoing experience with right now that's a very good example um yeah. so i can i i see that i could i can i guess i can i can understand that yeah and that's okay and i'm going maybe i'm taking this too far but never one, never one of the reasons why okay one of the reasons many people who really study particularly the hebrew scriptures see it as a genuinely holy book is its insistence on holding all sorts of contrary views simultaneously mm. whereas if it was a fake religion then it would be, would have been cleaned up and yeah. popular you know yeah mass Every, marketed right everything ironed out everything yeah. pristinely put together this is what you do this is what you don't do right the end this that's is a what fair you do, point this is what you don't do and now i'm gonna pull pour melt melted gold down your right. Right. <laughs> what wait yeah the, I, I suppose that's fair the messiness of it does lend itself uh an air of authenticity yeah. then as a result yeah uh, that's a good point uh anything else about our psalm Let's move on. Nope. Well, uh, our gospel reading for the week is Luke chapter 10, verse 1 through 11, and 16 through 20. After this, the Lord appointed 70 others and sent them on ahead of him in pairs to every town and place where he himself intended to go. He said to them, The harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore, ask the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. Go on your way. See, I am sending you out like lambs into the midst of wolves. Carry no purse, no bag, no sandals, and greet no one on the road. Whatever house you enter, first say, peace to this house. If anyone is there who shares in peace, your peace will rest on that person. But if not, it will return to you. Remain in the same house, eating and drinking whatever they provide, for the laborer deserves to be paid. Do not move about from house to house. 
Whenever you enter a town and its people welcome you, eat what is set before you, cure the sick who are there, and say to them, The kingdom of God has come near to you. But whenever you enter a town and they do not welcome you, go out into the streets and say, Even the dust of your town that clings to our feet we wipe off in protest against you. Yet know this, the kingdom of God has come near. Whoever listens to you listens to me, and whoever rejects you rejects me, and whoever rejects me rejects the one who sent me. The seventy returned with joy, saying, Lord, in your name even the demons submit to us. He said to them, I watched Satan fall from heaven like a flash of lightning. See, I have given you authority to tread on snakes and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy, and nothing will hurt you. Nevertheless, do not rejoice at this, that the spirits submit to you, but rejoice that your names are written in heaven. Um, where okay, to start, so, huh? Where to start, seriously. So the first thing that I think stood out to me this time around, because this is the, the, the several, we've done this one a couple of times. Um, <laughs> because it occurs both in Luke and Matthew. Yeah, it occurred. Yeah, the language is slightly different. Yeah. The, the first thing that stood out to me is this um, this uh, tradition around uh, peace. Mm-hmm. Um, and... I understand, like, verse 5, it says, when it, whatever house you enter, first say peace to this house. Makes sense instructionally uh, to me as far as, like, yeah, don't be rude. Grant peace. I don't know why verse 6 is necessary, though. I, you know what I mean? Like, do you really need to tell so many people? Like, don't worry. If it's not accepted, it'll return to you. The peace isn't gone. If you – like, what – what is there like some sort of cultural thing going on here? Like what? Well, what's what do we care about uh, whether the peace is accepted or rejected? Are we supposed to grant peace regardless? Yes, because we're Episcopalian. Oh, okay, okay. Uh, there more, are say more words. Yeah. <laughs> Tragically, to this day, there are Christians who worry so much about purity. Mm-hmm. that they decide who's worthy of their greetings and prayers and blessings. Was that active? Was that an active issue like during this period of time? Was there a concern that if you granted peace to an unholy place that it would be gobbled up and eaten? and A little bit. And it, it, like that kind of thing? It, or? To refer to something we've been talking about a lot lately in the podcast, the Samaritans. Okay. That... Um, if you're a faithful Jew, you don't worship with Samaritans, you don't hang with Samaritans, Mm -hmm. they are unclean, yeah, all that stuff. And so, but I think actually this is one of those places where it's more looking forward than looking right around at what's happening then and there. Okay. That God knows that Christians are really going to screw up and start to play with purity issues. Mm, mm-hmm. And this is one of those places where we're reminded, no, be generous with blessings. Be generous with sharing God's peace. Uh, you don't have to hold back. There's plenty to go around. You're, it's, not, it's not something you control. It's not something you produce. Mm. So you know, take advantage of the infinite amount that God gives you and share it widely. See what happens. Don't 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 worry about oh something might go wrong, so I'm not going to do it. 
Gotcha. Okay. That makes that makes some sense. Um, yeah, because it almost the way it's worded makes it almost seem like a finite. People think it's a finite resource. Well, and that's certainly true of Christians today. Mm. That it just it bugs me um, thinking that, and so many Christians think that there's only so much good stuff to go around, and therefore only give it to worthy people. Yeah. And don't waste it on someone who you think is either not worthy or will not be accepting. Hmm. Um, the verses prior to that, though, um, you kind of get an acknowledgement of Jesus like, hey, uh, I'm sending you into some danger here. Uh, and then the next thing he says is like, so don't carry a purse or a bag or sandals, <laughs> go, which kind of seems like you're saying like go completely unarmed, yeah, yeah. and vulnerable, yeah. Um, <clears throat> but why greet no one on the road? Like it, it I thought that's as an extrovert that's always bothered me. Yeah, especially <laughs> when it's like followed by these verses of like say peace. Yeah, don't worry if it's re accepted or rejected, but don't talk to anybody on the road well i think i the way i've interpreted personally is going back to your uh parenting um experiences is my son who would dawdle 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 oh putting off chores or whatever it is that's an issue okay so I, got you. I think this is the anti-dawdling yeah yeah commandment. go straight to the place you're assigned yeah <laughs> don't get distracted don't play in the creek. Right. <laughs> I expect you there before sundown. Mm-hmm. Okay. And we had talked, I think, just last week about how small this yeah. area that we're talking about is. 70 people to, like, this this, uh, this stretch of land. The region is not that hard to cover. Yeah. What'd you say? Like, two days? You could, you could oh, cover yeah. in two yeah. days? Yeah. Um, so. Um, and part of it. Okay. Here's. I hadn't thought of this before, so I maybe so I'm thoroughly thinking out loud. That's all right. I do it a lot. Yeah, <laughs> that's our theme song. Uh, is if they do dawdle mm -hmm. and disciple number sixty-seven gets to his or her town right on time, starts sharing the good news, that town gets excited, and disciple number. 58, Donald, and so is late to his or her town. Mm -hmm. And they're saying, well, why aren't we getting this good news? What took you so long? You know, right. What took you so long? Johnny from, ne from yeah. the town next door told me about it a day ago. Yeah. <laughs> Where have you been? And, you know, what makes us so unworthy? Ah, uh, yeah, yeah. Okay. That it really would muddle the message. Yeah. Again, I yeah, just, this is a brand launch. Like, I need yeah. all <laughs> simultaneously. What, what, we have to hit all what's of the, the what's the <laughs> modern name for that? Where you're like a you're you're when you're peddling the product uh, for marketing purposes. Oh, there's a there's a new term for it, and I can't I can't remember off the top of my head. Um, but uh, but yeah, so that yeah, this is a brand launch, yep. and and uh, and I mean, if it doesn't I mean, hit simultaneously, right. it's going to weaken the brand. Yeah.
exactly interesting uh what is it that we skip we skip uh four verses here um it's not shockingly it's a woe because <laughs> that's what luke does he has yeah. the beatitudes he's a very and yin and yang uh, yeah. kind of guy yeah and um okay in verse 15 it has um wait yeah verse 15 so just before it starts again you, Capernaum, will you be exalted in heaven? If they reject the messengers, mm -hmm. no, you'll be brought down to Hades. Um, and the significance of that is we know from archaeology that Capernaum was leveled by a series of earthquakes. Okay. So by the time Luke wrote, probably this town where Peter was born, or not born, maybe, maybe, probably though, but where so much action takes place mm -hmm. is rubble. Yeah. This gives a little just so story to it. Mm -hmm. And also a yeah, bad you know, bad things can happen. Right. So toe the line, dudes. Right. Um we've talked many times before about how Satan was not a uh a specific thing. Right. Uh what what's what are we translating into Satan? What is it what does it say? Um I have to admit, I don't have my Greek with me, so <gasps> I know I feel inadequate. <laughs> um, what's significant here is culturally at that time, lots of people tossed out demons. Mm. It was considered a, a common activity, um, not particularly hard to do. Yeah. But to have the person, the, the entity that's kind of in charge of them fall from heaven, mm -hmm. that's like that that's attention getting. So is 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 uh, this verse one of the uh, one of the source materials for uh, the concept of Satan being an angel and having fall fallen from? Okay, yeah. interesting. Um, yeah, we have though. We mm -hmm. It's not. It's not one of the ones for Satan being kicked out of heaven and then getting to be mischievous. It's actually interesting. That it says Satan was in heaven and fell. Because mm. um, the, the the mythology around Satan being the the head of hell um, is older than this. So in Luke's cosmology it's the even older version where satan is more of a um, court jester to god uh, rather okay. than an instrument of evil gotcha gotcha and so it's like god saying oh, no more practical jokes satan right 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 you know go outside and play um also, is verse nineteen uh, one of the one of the, uh, the the base ideas around like snake handling yeah. as well? Though um, the fake ending of Mark is even stronger. Oh, okay, okay, gotcha. Um, and and verse nineteen is that um, is not found in Matthew. A lot of this, a lot of the of chapter ten is um, is word for word with Matthew, but not this part. Huh. Interesting. Not this part, not the Satan falling from heaven part. 
Yeah, we. Uh, I think we also have to pay a little bit of time here for the um, what to do uh, when the town rejects you uh, uh, section, which is uh, mm -hmm. um, you you go out into the streets and make a public showing of it, um, uh, and wipe the dust off your feet and move on. Yeah. <laughs> Didn't like my message. The this is. Though officially the brand launch, and I'm leaving. Yeah. <laughs> Give me back to free samples. <laughs> no more t-shirts for you. Right, right. Um, um, it, it's interesting, though, uh, while it is like, um, it's easy to, 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 to think like at first reading, like, oh, it says like, yeah, uh, this is like a warning. Uh, like, you know, this is, you know, terrible things are going to happen to you. That's not what this says. No. That's not what it says. Like, it's a protest. Like, all right, didn't like that. I want you all to know that I did not like that. But there's no, there's no indication that it's like, oh, and vengeance and retribution shall be mine, says God. And, and you know, it, it, mm -hmm. it it's like, uh, I just want you to know that I am protesting my treatment here. Uh, but the kingdom of God is absolutely near, and that was the message I was intended to deliver to you, and good day, sir. <laughs> well, and it's not just a protest about their lack of openness. It's also an exercise for the disciple to move on mm. emotionally, spiritually, intellectually. Gotcha. Uh, because it doesn't feel good to fail. Sure. And okay, it's a yeah. failure on the part of the disciple. Uh, and yeah, it's, yeah, this is kind of wiping the slate clean physically. Yes, exactly. Hmm. Uh, cause I, I think about it anyway, probably no one else does, but you're literally able to say, okay, Jesus is going to be here in a day and a half. You know, he's been working miracles. You know that he's feeding thousands. You know, he's the smartest rabbi anyone's ever heard. Don't you want him to pause here for a day maybe right and they go yeah <laughs> it would be hard not to feel like it's on you more than it is on jesus yeah 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 that you, you just didn't say it well enough right as a herald i have failed yeah 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 and so this this is like you say wipe your slate clean move on let it go mm -hmm. so um 70 people Moving in pairs. Um, so 35 destinations is kind of the impl yeah. implication. Um, or is 70 one of those perfect number uh, yes. references? Okay. Yeah. Because it has a seven in it. It has a seven in it. Yeah. It's 10 times. So it's per really perfect, perfect. Yeah. Incredibly perfect. Maybe 700. 10 times infinity. All <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, um, it is interesting, though, this this line. The harvest is plentiful, plentiful, but the laborers are few. Um, Every parish says that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Usually referring to church suppers. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Or like, uh, oh, yeah, we need to uh, remulch the playground. Yeah. <laughs> plentiful. <laughs> the mulch is plentiful. Yeah. The laborers, laborers are few. Yeah. Um, uh, but, uh, but, but yeah, it, it is, 
it, it does still continue this this imagery of this unstoppable force. Like it, to, to yeah. continue with the you know the branding uh, mm-hmm. uh, metaphor. This is you know there's no doubt that this is going to catch on. Right. This is it. it but uh, so this is this is happening. Uh, it's just a matter of you know not having like. Will the message be received? And are there enough people to carry the mm-hmm. the message for it to 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 happen well? And, and yeah, and this this occur this same verses in Matthew and Luke, and in and in many ways it's that sign of the maturing of the of the Christ movement. For Mark, which is the earliest gospel, there wasn't any worry about not having enough laborers, mm-hmm. whereas Mark. Whereas in Matthew and Luke, it's like, um, come on, there's still a lot of opportunity here. Right. You guys are. I've sent out a sign up genius. I see a lot of empty spaces here. Yeah. We don't have anybody from one to three. Uh... And one to three is just as important right. as exactly. nine to ten. Um, but uh, even keeping keeping in mind all of this, uh, do not rejoice uh, that you've been chosen. Do not rejoice that. Uh, the the demons submit to God's name when your presence, uh, but instead rejoice that your names are written in heaven and re- be be glad that you're doing the good work that mm-hmm. you know it's, it's a privilege to do. It's a privilege to do. Yeah, um, and uh, uh, which is a hard thing to keep in mind because I, I I like the free meals and uh, <laughs> and uh, uh, you know God's honest truth. I enjoyed that time uh, shaking the dust off my feet uh, uh, in, in front of Hiram <laughs> when well, I and, leave. And we get back to the gospel for the past Sunday of James and John saying, "Hey, can we we ring down fire on these Samaritans?" Yeah, yeah. And Jesus rebuking them. Yeah, exactly. Uh, anything else about the gospel reading for this week? Um, no. Okay. Well, with that, we'll call to a close this your podcast for July 3rd, 2022, uh, the fourth Sunday after Pentecost in year C. Uh, as always, we are having a church service in person at 8 and 10 on Sunday. 10 o'clock service will be broadcast live on HFEC videos uh, on YouTube. And uh, until next week, I'm Ben. And I'm Bruce. And we'll talk to you later. Bye-bye. Bye.